So, on to uh, the topics that I talked about in the last nine episodes. So, um, the first one was more of everything, goals for 2017. Now, the funny thing is that I don't usually do goals um, because I never reach them and so they're pretty pointless. But when I recorded uh, the last English episode, I think I got um, thinking on uh, that um, year-in-year review thing and then I found that I had set goals without realizing it. And the funny thing is that I actually um, decided to do more this, more this, more this, more this, and, and it turned out to be actually more of everything. Um, that's just... I'm, I'm not really taking this completely serious, but in a way, uh, I am. So a bit torn here. Um, I decided at the beginning of the year that I wanted to, or no, earlier than that, like end of the year before, that I wanted to take my writing more serious. Did I tell you about my writing blog? I should, because it's in English. You can read it. Um, it's a... Uh, Oh God, I have to look it up. It's That's so embarrassing. It's Susanne Winter. Let me see. Uh, WordPress something. And I don't know the something. I think it's com. Uh, I'm going over to my browser now because this is important. Yeah, it is. Susanne Winter dot WordPress dot com and Susanne is S U S A double N E and winter is like the season. Um, that's supposed to be my pen name um, because um, winter is actually it's not my surname, but my own surname is. Um, really hard to spell and even Germans can't pronounce it so I don't really want to use it as a pen name. Um, so it's uh, Susanne and that's the German Susanne S-U-S-A-N-N-E winter.wordpress.com um, It's a bit um, well empty there. I'm trying to do a what books I read post once a month and failing but um, I've decided to do more of that so that was one of my goals. More writing, better writing, finishing books, publishing books and um, doing a bit of uh, author uh, I don't know is that marketing like um, showing my face um, to the world um, so that was part of that. Then I decided to take my music more serious and um, to practice um, smarter. And um, that's something I started at the end of 2016 as well. I started doing um, finger exercises and uh, started um, like actually doing some music every day. Um, like playing the piano, do my exercises for at least 10 minutes and then do my uh, singing warm-up every day and do some uh, warm-up exercises for a guitar or ukulele every day. Um, I haven't done it every day, but most days. So piano and singing happens mostly. I'm struggling with the guitar and ukulele. 
but I'm hoping to get back into that um, soon. So that was something that I wanted. And I wanted to sew lots of clothes and uh, knit lots of things and spin all the yarn and um, uh, what else? I don't know. Um, like I said, everything. Uh, the only things that I did want to do less of were surfing the net, um, wasting time, um, and I did want to get more sleep, but that uh, didn't turn out so well. But otherwise, I'm pretty happy with how the year's going so far. I haven't met my, like, I'm, I'm doing monthly goals, and I haven't met most of them, but still, especially my writing is going uh, pretty well. So um, I'm for those of you who are keeping track, I'm uh, working on a um, contemporary fantasy trilogy. The first book is um, revised, though I'm thinking there are a lot of song lyrics in the book because my main character is a jazz musician she's a pianist but she's singing too and there are loads of song lyrics in the book and i've just uh, found out a few months ago that i will probably have to pull the lyrics from the book because of copyright issues um, but that's something that i still have to research um and so that one sh would be uh, as finished as i can make it um, if it weren't for the um, question of, well, copyright um, or not, can I leave the song lyrics in there? I don't, uh, the songs that I'm using are pretty old, so there might be a few that don't have um, copyright anymore, but are public domain now. So that will be good. <coughs> um, so that was my first episode, more of everything. And I'm um, sorry, I'm getting hoarse again. It's I've been having this every single episode for ages. So I'm talking, everything is brilliant, and then my voice goes. Um, I think I need uh, to uh, do some speech training or something. So the second episode was called Crack, and then my favorite spinning wheel broke. Oh, that was um, exciting. So I was uh, finishing the plying on the uh, yarn for the pie shawl. And um, as I said, I usually pack my spinning wheel away. And I'm, um, I was using the Major Craft Little Gem for that yarn. And so I was sitting in front of TV and I wanted to pack the wheel away. Um, and I moved the slider to fold the wheel and it made crack and the handle of the slider, the knob broke off. I was pretty stunned. And then I thought, oh my God, what am I doing? And then I found, I just packed it away and tried not to think about it. But of course it did really work. And the next morning, or later that day, I wasn't sure. I told my husband, I was like, my spinning wheel broke. <laughs> and I was really, really um, hysterical because, I mean, this is my favorite spinning wheel. I have two, but, and the Louis Victoria is fine, but the little gem, if I had to choose between them, I'd keep the little gem. And um, 
So, but my husband said, well, you can uh, move the slider back uh, using um, a screwdriver. And so I could use the, the wheel, and I did because I still needed to ply, but um, it was pretty hard um, to fold and unfold it. And so I just let it uh, sit. Um, I didn't pack it away. <laughs> until I was finished with the yarn and I was thinking, well, I can still use the wheel. Um, I don't have to fold it. And when I go to spinning meetings, I can take the Victoria. Um, but uh, I didn't really like it. And then I did some research and I was thinking that maybe I would have to ship the wheel to New Zealand, which would be expensive and well, stressful in many ways. But then I found out through Revelry that um, they actually um, make a, a replacement slider. So you can just order that part. And um, so I sent an email to Majorcraft in New Zealand and said, what should I do? Should I, can I order that with you or should I order that through a dealer? And uh, he said, well, go through a dealer. And um, I, then I mailed my dealer and said, I really need this part. Can you order it? And she said, it's just in the shop. I was like, oh, okay. And I ordered it. And two days later, I had it. And then I had to take the whole wheel apart to replace that. Um, because um, so it works this way. They have the slider that locks the uh, stem in place. So you can fold it and lock it in place. And then you can unlock it, unfold it and relock it. And um, when uh, that knob is screwed in, but when it breaks off, it usually uh, leaves part of the um, threading behind. So you can't just um, uh, screw a new knob in because uh, basically um, you don't get the bottom part of the knob out of um, that slider. And um, so you have to take the whole wheel completely apart so you can put, um, you, you can uh, slide the slider out because there's a hole that goes all the way through, but you can't usually see that because the pedals are in the way. So you have to, um, the, the treadles, you have to um, um, take them off and then, uh, I don't know, you have to take, as I said, everything apart. But I have reassembled the whole thing I have a working slider, I have a working wheel, though I have to say I haven't used it since then because um, I started the new project on the Louis Victoria and I don't have a project going on the little jam right now. But it's um, working again and um, the replacement part was not too expensive, so <sighs> that was because I was part of me was thinking, oh, if that's broken, I need to get a new wheel. And they have gotten really expensive these days. And I don't think I could afford one. Well, I could if I would not. Well, I, I saved money for month, a month, a month now. I've been saving so I can go to London um, in August. Because I'll be turning 50 at the end of July. And when I thought about... What do I want to do to celebrate my 50th birthday? First thing I thought was... Oh, I want to go to London all alone. 
And that's what I'll be doing. But London isn't cheap. And so, um, yeah. So the wheel would have been like about the same amount of money as my trip. Yeah, but turned out um, I didn't have to um, give up the trip for the wheel because the wheels um, repaired again. Then the third episode was um, Bullet Journal or the One True Notebook. Um, sorry, my, my notes say hernal. I don't think that's a, a word. Um, or the One True Notebook. Um, I started using a bullet journal a month ago, I think. See, I haven't prepared for this and I can't really tell you, but I've been using it for quite some time now and I'm loving this system, really. I even, in the beginning, I just used the daily rapid journaling thing and the to-do list. And these days I'm also using the um, monthly planner and the monthly tasks. And um, for those of you who don't know what a bullet journal is, um, it's actually, you don't really need to have a special journal. You can just use any notebook. It's just a method of organizing your thoughts and your to-dos. And um, it's really easy to understand and um, I found that I, I, have, I have been using to-do lists for ages and I've using notebooks to capture just about everything for ages as well um, but the bullet journal has the um, advantage that you have an index that's the best thing about it um, I even stopped keeping a separate um, crafting journal because I used to have my knitting and spinning and sewing and such in a different uh, notebook than the just the regular day-to-day -day, um, notebook where I kept my to-do lists and like quotes um, that I didn't want to forget and um, things like like how to set up my router um, so that I could find it again. And the good thing about the bullet journal is I actually can find it again because um, there's the index where I can jot down just about everything, like um, Sunny Knee Sock Project is, is on pages like 50, 72, and 85. Um, and that's just so great because when I'm looking for something, I can just pull out a notebook, go through the index. If it isn't there, it's not in there. So that goes really, really fast. And um, it's also flexible. I can um, just um, make a project. I always make projects, you know that. Like um, the novel I'm writing at the moment. Oh, I didn't finish that. Huh? Um, so num novel number one is um, revised. Novel number two is almost revised. Novel number three is first draft almost finished. I really hope to finish all three of them by the end of July or maybe August. And then we'll see about publishing or not, uh, looking for beta readers or not, um, looking for a professional editor. Probably not. I would love one, but I can't afford one at the moment. So we'll see. And I don't think these books will make a ton of money um, a, their first books from an author who hasn't published anything before. So 
Yeah, they will be really, really great, of course. Um, and um, B, um, I made the mistake of writing something that, while it is contemporary fantasy, it doesn't really hit all the tropes. So um, people who would like it wouldn't know how to find it. And uh, people who are looking for just run-of-the-mill urban fantasy uh, will be disappointed because it is not quite that. So, so I have a project in my bullet journal, um, like um, the novel I'm writing right now. I'm using the um, uh, and it's it's RD because that's um, um, for the title, um, which I won't reveal now. It's I think it's silly, and I don't have to change it. Um, so um, I have this pro pro project, and so I'm planning out some scenes, and I'm writing them in my notebook. So in the index, it says uh, RD, rough draft um, scenes and uh, the page. And then the next day, I'll jot down like all the things I need to do that day. And uh, I don't know, um, the title of a book that I want to remember. And uh, uh, also the fact that I started a new shawl. And then the day after that, I start writing more scenes or like ideas for scenes. Um, and I can just um, put the, that page number in the index next to the other so that when I'm looking for, oh, what did I write down on this project? I can just find it all in the index and I don't have to like leave 10 pages blank for this project and then they're not enough or uh, too much. And so, the system is just so great. So just go to bulletjournal.com, I think it is. I will link to it in the show notes, I hope. If not, you'll find all the links in the um, blog posts that belong to the individual um, episodes. Um, so you can find it there. And uh, it is really just so helpful and so much fun. And... Uh, you'll see, if you look into bullet journaling, that there are a lot of people who have really, really beautiful journals with, like, watercolor flowers and uh, sketches and drawings and color-coded whatevers. And I have to say, I don't do that. I just use uh, one color. Um... I mostly use pen because that's what I always use, but um, sometimes I use, uh, I don't know, pencil or something. And then there'll be a really, really uh, ugly um, sketch of um, what we want to plant in the garden beds. And then next to it, there will be my to-do list. And then next to it, there will be a thing for my novel. And then next to it, just like life is. And... Um, the beauty of the system is that it's completely clear where things are, if you have done them, um, where to find them again, um, and still you can just deal with whatever comes uh, your way. It's just so great. So my fourth episode was on the Interweave Crochet magazine, Spring 2017. I don't usually do um, magazine reviews or book reviews because I'm so bad at them, but I'm trying to get better. And that one, um, in a way, I really loved, and there were other things about it that I didn't love at all. So I'm having a bit of a problem at the moment with all the patterns that come out. 
regardless of crochet or um, knitting because fashion has changed to, I don't know, a bit of 80s revival. And I remember when the 70s came back, I was like, oh God, no, I lived through that once, I don't need it again. And um, that's where I am at the moment with this uh, almost 80s style. So I don't really like the skinny jeans. I don't really like the wide uh, tops and like the, um, I don't know, lots of things. Um, but I don't know, I will adapt eventually, I think. Or maybe I'll just look completely ridiculous and uh, sew all my own clothes. I'm not uh, sure yet which way I'll go. So that's one problem that I always have. And um, especially with um, spring and summer editions of the crochet magazine, you get a lot of um, garments that's, that are like um, fishnet with flowers drapey. Like there was a story about um, kimonos. And I mean, that was a fabulous idea. But there was not one single thing in there that I would wear in daily life. And um, there were like two sweaters that I really loved. The one was the uh, Flore uh, something crop top. And I'm always drawn to crop tops, but I look completely bad in them. They just don't go with my shape. Um, I still, I don't know, I still try to make them uh, work, but they just don't. Um, and then there was another sweater that I really liked. I think it was called the Citizen Sweater. I'm not quite sure. And I really loved the, the stitch. It was another Tunisian crochet, crochet stitch. Uh, but again, it was a sweater made from worsted weight yarn in Tunisian crochet, like double crochet. Um, and it would be so heavy and warm. And so hmm, not quite the thing that I would want to wear uh, in the spring. And then there was a whole story about uh, something with bright red flowers, poppies on them. And I don't know. Um, so there's always something that I like in interweave crochet, but there are a lot of things that I don't. So I'm not enough that I won't subscribe any longer. Like uh, with interweave knits, I realized that I was never making anything from the magazine and um, the stories that didn't have patterns were becoming less interesting to me, maybe because I've read a, a lot. And um, so when I was new to the magazine, I found them more interesting, might be, I'm not sure. So, but um, yeah, so I liked it, but... No, nah, sort of not. My fifth episode was the crochet blanket planning chaos. So that was when I had decided to do the Sophie's Universe blanket. And I was thinking, so should I spin for it? And if so, should I buy fiber and then um, dye it myself? Or should I buy fiber that was already dyed? But, or should I buy yarn and then 
should I buy undyed and dye it, my, dye it myself or should I buy? And so that was sort of like, oh God. And, and it's, uh, I mean, the blanket is really huge. I'm making the, the large version and that fits on my big bed. Um, so that's quite a bit of yarn. It's like two kilos, almost uh, four pounds. Um, so, yeah. Um, so in the end, uh, as I said, I decided to go with the inexpensive but not as lovely yarn um, so that I could afford the blanket. And uh, so and, and spinning for it would have been completely ridiculous and such a huge project. And Oh no. So uh, sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry. I'm I'm too I'm, I'm really overtired because I'm always making the same mistake on the weekends. I think, oh, I'll just sleep in tomorrow. And um these days I'm getting up at five because oh didn't tell you that. Um I came how oh, how did it go? I listened to a podcast and then somebody was mentioning the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. That's a book. Uh, that's like a series of books and an online course or something. And um, I found that really appealing and I started doing it. It's basically you get up an hour earlier than usual and then you um, do like, what is it? Silence, like meditation or prayer. Then you do affirmations, you do visualization exercise you read and you write um so um i thought okay maybe this will help me become really successful because um in the affirmations you sit there and tell yourself that you'll be extraordinarily successful and reach all your goals and you'll become the person you need to be to um do that which has a lot of appeal but um most of the time when i sit there and do that Part of me thinks, so you really want to do that? Uh, so you think you really become a completely different person and reach all your goals and become extraordinarily successful? Uh, yeah, right. Um, so um, I'm, I'm uh, tweaking it and then I'm doing it and then I'm skipping it. But the thing is, so you, you get up an, an hour early, you do all of these things like for five minutes. Uh, each and I ended up getting up at five um, so I could um, do that miracle morning thing and then um, have uh, still have time to write in before breakfast um, because my son is getting up around 6.45 7 ish and by then I have breakfast ready so if I get up at five, then do all my whatevers, um, then uh, and then write for forty-five minutes. I'm basically done with the most important stuff for the day, apart from making music. Um, and uh, first few weeks it went really, really well, and I had so much energy, and I was um, not sleeping enough, but I didn't mind at all. Um, and then. Um, I scaled it back before the performance because, um, of course, when you have a performance at night, you don't really want to get up at five. And then I found that I'm completely unable to sleep in. So every time I thought, okay, I'll just not get up at five, but I'll sleep for as long as I need to be rested, um, 
I usually find that I wake up at sometime around five and sometimes I can get back to sleep and sleep until six, like I did today. Or most of the time I can't and so I'm completely awake around five. Um, but I still haven't learned my lesson and I'm still going to bed like uh, at 10.30 or so. Um, and uh, that makes for a very sleepy Susanna. Yeah. And that's why I'm yawning here. I'm sorry. Um, uh, next uh, topic um, is, um, was uh, I wasn't very inventive. It was spring crafting. And I blabbered on and on about how... Um, I mean, uh, there are people who um, whose crafting is seasonal. I know people who don't knit or spin in the summer... Um, I find that I often start sewing and weaving when it's warmer, but I don't usually stop um, spinning and knitting. And I mean, in some way, my spinning is seasonal because I always spin during the Tour de France, and that's in July. But um, that's not... If, if the Tour de France were in winter, which it isn't because that's bad for cycling, I would do that in the wintertime. Uh, so... I uh, talked about that a bit, but I'm not quite sure what, I think I just blabbered, like I do, you know me. So, and then um, I had mentioned the Miracle Morning uh, thing and the artist's way, um, because I'm, you know, um, I'm doing the um, morning pages from the artist's way every morning. So I turn the uh, miracle morning thing around and first thing I do is write my morning pages and that usually takes half an hour and then I'm short on time for all the rest and I skipped the visualizations I tried like four days um, and you're supposed to um, visualize yourself reaching your goal and um, also because um, that obviously that doesn't work by the way if you just see yourself succeeding um, your mind will say oh, okay we're done now so I don't have to do anything but you need to see yourself work on it and then uh, you need to um, visualize obstacles and what you'll do to uh, get around them and, and so on I just felt so I'm, I think I'm not a very visual person in that way, and it felt just so futile and blah. And so I didn't, I never did it. And then I, so I'd uh, write my morning pages, and then um, well, there was a silence. Then I meditate for five minutes. That's something that I uh, was doing before, only I shortened it. So before I was. Um, um, meditating for 10 minutes and these days I'm only doing five and then I do some yoga stretching thing that takes about four minutes and then I read my affirmations but I've stopped doing that as well because I'm always feeling so um, uh, I so phony when I do this and, and I'm thinking about like losers who stay uh, look at himself at themselves in the mirror telling you're so great you can do this you can do this and, and i mean i can tell myself that like a hundred thousand times if i don't believe it it's all for nothing so um yeah i'm still working on that um i'm not quite sure with the affirmation thing 
I'm totally on board with reading something thing. Um, um, that's usually when I read books about um, writing or uh, some self-help stuff, um, that kind of thing. Um, what was else? Yeah, and then I usually start writing on my novel. Only the past few uh, weeks I haven't been so good about it, but um, I want to get back to that because that has been so great. I mean, um, I would get up early and then bef at breakfast time, at seven o'clock in the morning, I would already have written like 1,500 words and I would have meditated and done a bit of yoga and had time to myself. And so whatever the rest of the day would bring would be completely okay. And um, it was much easier to get back to writing after having written first thing in the morning. Interestingly, I didn't know that. And um, since I was usually um, writing for an hour a day, I would be thinking a lot more about the story and um, I could just sit down um, any time of the day for 10 minutes and crank out 500 words. And that was really, really great. Um, and so um, that's something that I want to get back to. But um, the whole Miracle Morning thing... Hmm, and 5 o'clock is just a bit too early for me. Though... Um, the good thing about getting up at five is that I never have days where I wake up in the morning way too early and then stare blankly into space hoping that I can fall asleep again because I know most people have the problem that they wake, uh, they can't fall asleep at night or they wake up during the night and come back, get back to sleep. But my problem was always um, that I would wake up sometime between five and uh, half past four or something, and then I couldn't sleep again. But if you're getting up at five anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, so um, I talked about the artist's way. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's um, uh, a course, a 12-week uh, thing It's that is in a book, and it's by Julia Cameron, and it's about... Um, discovering your own creativity and um, getting rid of blocks and um, just um, you go on a journey of self-discovery and you um, find out what you think about creativity and where you want to go and what you want to do with your life. And I really, really loved the course when I did it in 1998 and I'm still doing the morning pages. That's one of her tools. You sit down every morning, you write three pages longhand about anything that comes into your mind. And I find it really helpful because I don't need to um, talk to my husband so much about the things that are bothering me when I write them down first thing in the morning and then um, I'm kind of done with them. And the other thing is that if you sit down every single morning and you write about something that's going on your nerves or that you don't like and you do that for weeks and weeks and weeks there comes a point when you can't stand writing it down any longer and then you start changing something and doing uh, something differently and that really helps. The other thing that she 
uh, tells you to do is to um, make a date with yourself once a week um, where you do something fun that fills the creative well. And I must admit I'm not doing those usually. So I have my fallback stuff that um, feeds my creativity and I don't really feel the need to do bigger excursions or like I used to go to museums or I bought um, uh, color uh, watercolors and I started um, uh, painting something or I don't know all kinds of things and um, these days I don't really feel the need to do that um, often but it's a uh, it's a really exciting thing and I uh, started doing the uh, course after that as well that's um, uh, I forgot but there are several other books in the series and her latest is geared towards people um, who are retiring um, or retired and want to uh, get back or start something creative um, I didn't buy that one um, because I, by now I have the feeling that since I have like seven or eight books of hers, I think I'm, I now uh, know uh, enough about the whole thing that I don't really need to buy any new, every new book, I mean. So then there was episode eight, uh, where I found that I had a dire yarn emergency. And that was when um, I sat there and I wanted to start a new project because I just had these socks that I felt really blah about and um, there was a shawl that I had just finished and I wanted a bigger project, um, not the crochet blanket, I wanted something else and I found that I had run out of yarn. So there is yarn everywhere in this house. There are piles of it in the bedroom and there are boxes with it, but there was no yarn. It's a bit like the problem that you might know that when you're standing in front of your wardrobe and it's full and you have nothing to wear. And um, I think that my, my yarn stash is like that. I have a lot of leftovers. There are um, big quantities of yarn that I don't really want or like. Um, uh, and so um, the only um, sweater um, quantities of yarn that I have are like extra bulky alpaca. So I won't be knitting with that right now when it's, I mean, I'm sitting here in yoga pants and a t-shirt with no socks and I'm really, really hot. Um, so no, I won't uh, knit alpaca at the moment. And so um, I didn't really know if I wanted to buy something or if I should just um, spin some more. Or, I mean, I have um, 400 grams of blue-faced luster that are all spun up. I only need to wash them and then I can make a sweater from that yarn. Only I'm not quite sure about the color and it has glitter in it and... Uh, uh, it was dyed with indigo and um, when you work with it you get um, really blue uh, fingers so I need to wash it first and see if it's still um, um, uh, yeah, if, if you still got blue fingers while working um, 
Yeah, and so um, and then after that, uh, after recording that episode, I decided, okay, I'll just dye these five skeins of sock yarn, and then I'll feel much better. And then I remembered that I still had a skein of Volmeise blend that I had bought back in August, and. Um, Uh, so this morning I started a new project with that yarn, but it's not officially in the what I have knitted um, part because in this episode I only talk about the things that I've talked about before, not about what's... So officially I'm only talking about this next week. Um, but I'm doing another Martina Bim shawl out of it. And a shawl, um, sorry. And I'm I'm not quite sure if uh, that pattern is a good match for the yarn, but I'll try it out. Um, and then the last episode before this one was the problem with motivation and willpower. And I've talked about this on the podcast a lot, but I found that, so I wasn't doing my Miracle Morning and I wasn't really working on my novel and I wasn't really working on my craft projects and I had been so good with um, the practicing and the making music and the housework and all of that had fallen by the wayside and I had started binge eating again. So um, first there was this performance and that was really, really exhausting. And for a week afterwards, I wasn't good for anything. So I had expected that. But the week afterwards, I still was completely exhausted and tired and didn't want to do. So there were like four days where I didn't knit a single stitch. That's something that never happens. I, just, I was just sitting and reading and eating chocolate. And I wasn't getting better. And I was sleeping um, a lot. And I was not doing much of anything. And I was starting to feel really bad. And I gained those three kilos back, as I said. And wow, was I, I was so mad at myself, but I, I just didn't have any energy. I didn't have any motivation. Uh, my willpower was completely lacking. Like every single morning, I'd so I'd set my alarm for five o'clock and say, "Okay, I'll get up and I'll meditate and I'll do my morning pages and my yoga, and then I'll uh, read a bit." Um, And then I'll start writing. And if I only put in five more hours, this first draft will be done. So right now it's only like one and a half. And it has been one and a half more hours for three days. And usually writing for half an hour is really not a big deal. Especially if you get up at five and have breakfast at seven. That's completely doable. And so I'd open... Scrivener, which is the program I'm using for writing my novel, and then I'd stare at the novel, and then I'd decide, oh no, I can't do this. And then I'd decide, okay, and today I'll be really good, and I'll do my exercise, and I'll make music, and then I'll help my husband with lunch, and do the housework, and teach my students, and then in the evening I would... I will not eat uh, salted peanuts and chocolate and drink another beer, I just... Uh, have dinner and then brush my teeth and go to bed right away. Uh, so that was, and I was really firm on that and was completely motivated because I know how much better I feel if I do it that way. And so I'd eat dinner and then I'd sit down and I'd read and then I'd think, oh, 
mm, I can maybe just one piece of chocolate and then another one and another one and, and then half a bar later I say oh I'd like a beer with that and so boof I go to bed at 11 and um, completely full and having eaten like I don't know a thousand calories or so after dinner and I do that I, I have done that for like two weeks in a row, almost every day, and I felt terrible. And um, so I used all the tricks that I know and like the things that have worked in the past mm -hmm. and they didn't. And, um, you know, motivation is always a nice, so you always think that if you're just motivated enough, everything else will just fall into place. But it never does because motivation is like, yeah, I'm totally going to do this tomorrow um so that doesn't work and then the willpower thing is uh, willpower is finite as you know so uh, you use it all up for getting up at five and then uh, staring at a blank screen and then you do the dishes after breakfast but you're all exhausted and tired and so that's your willpower for the day so i'd usually go um for my run walk and then take a shower and help my husband with lunch, and that would be willpower for the day would be gone. So from then on, I'd only do uh, make bad decisions until uh, I'd fall asleep. So um, that was my problem that I talked about in the last episode a week ago. Um, funny enough, I think I might have turned it around. Um, knock on wood. Um, I. Um, totally blew it last Tuesday and I bought a new book at eight at night so eight is usually when I should be getting ready for bed and I was sitting in bed in my pajamas but um, I hadn't brushed my teeth or washed my face or anything so I decided to buy a new book which is crazy at eight at night and also my buying books budget for that month was already gone. So, so I bought the book. I decided that I really needed chocolate and that I really wanted to eat the bag of potato chips that's in the basement and that I have bought to eat sometime in July or so. Um, because um, my favorite potato chips, I can't get them where I live. So every time I can get them, I buy them, but I only uh, am allowed like one bag a month at the most. And right now I'm trying to lose those three kilos again. Um, so I'm trying not to eat potato chips because when I start eating um, potato chips, I usually can't stop. So that night I ate um, like 100 grams of chocolate and a whole bag of potato chips. And I only went to bed when I had read the whole book through like at I only had like five hours of sleep that night so and I think that was a turning point because I knew I couldn't go on like that and since then I've been much better so I'm hoping uh, things will pick up again and I think it was really the performance and that it was so exhausting that it took me weeks to um, recover from that um, and, but right now it's, it's Pentecost break, as I said, and so there I don't have to teach much. Uh, we will go and visit my parents, so hmm, 
it's it will be nice and it will be complicated as uh, families are and then i'll have another six days off before before teaching starts again so i hope by um, then i'll be uh feeling much better so that was the English episode and we're almost at two hours again. I, I, I'm always talking so much, sorry. So thank you for listening and you can find all the show notes at creativemother.de and um, you can f um, send me an email at susanne at creativemother.de I finally got a professional email address, look at me. And you'll find me on uh, Reverie as Creative Mother and on um, Twitter and Instagram as Free Jazz Mama. And uh, I hope to um, be hearing from you. Oh, that was a fun thing that I started. Um, so I asked my listeners to um, tell me or show me pictures of where they listen to the podcast. And that has been a lot of fun on Instagram. We're using the hashtag handgemachtpodcast. Sorry, in all German. Um, and you can see, uh, so people are showing me marvelous pictures of like uh, sunsets and uh, nature and uh, well also while they're doing the dishes or ironing or it's just so great so um, that's a lot of fun I wanted to tell you about that so okay I think I've uh, told you everything you need to know I'm wishing you happy knitting and till the next time ciao Da do da do da 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 do do.